Patrick, I mean, I don't know how you had time to work this week. You were, you, I think you've done like 150 tweets since last Let's week. Let's not say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, look, I know you've been very busy running Fox 5. In addition to that, seems like Listen, you've had that, a lot. This is part of running Fox 5. Uh, That's what you're supposed to say, so. Oh, there we go. Okay, sorry. Correction, correction. I'm like Whoopi Goldberg. Correction today, correction. correction immediate correction saying that... Um, you know, the Holocaust wasn't about race. I mean, yeah. come on. I know, that was rough. I mean, she was, did, obviously, she looked, I, she I, must have misspoke. She got a lot of backlash. Her, I will say her apology was actually a real apology. Okay, like, you, you, know, you, you thought these, that. You get these, like, passive-aggressive, fake apologies. Oh, if you were offended, I'm sorry. No, her apology was actually legit. Okay. The concern is, does she really believe that, though? How do you ever know, right? I mean, I don't know. Do you ever really know? I mean, so she wrote, you know, on today's show, I said the Holocaust is not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man. I should have said it's about both. As Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League shared, the Holocaust was about the Nazis' systemic annihilation of the Jewish people, who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. The uh, Anti-Defamation League actually came out with a new definition of racism right away after she said what she, she did on The View, saying it wasn't about race. Um, and then I'm sure they've had a conversation and she came out. And, and listen, I give her credit for yeah. a real, what appears to be a very heartfelt, direct apology. So, so, so. Yeah, good for her. And I mean, I don't know, you, you obviously work with people, you know, commentators all the time. I mean, if you're on TV every day, 300 days a year or whatever, I mean, you know, you're not going to say everything oh, right so, all the time. So, Barr Weiss actually wrote an interesting article about the professor from Georgetown who was criticizing, he was criticizing Joe Biden about um, saying that he's definitely going to nominate a black female to the Supreme Court. Okay. You know, kind of saying that, you know, he shouldn't have done that and he should have made it open. And obviously, if you want to do that, you should do that. And but it didn't come across right. It came across very poorly. And okay. He was a professor at Georgetown. And um, anyway, long story short, he apologized. But that wasn't enough for some. Right? They kept coming at him. So her, she wrote an article saying, you know, when is an apology not enough? Like, it was a sincere apology. He's a very respected academic at, at Georgetown and all this other stuff. So anyway, I was just it's an interesting you know how some apologies get oh you know, okay she apologized pa- great and others seem it's not enough right depending on what side you're on and so forth so uh, no i think i think you make a good point and i'm sure i mean i'm sure people there are people that just absolutely hate Whoopi that don't believe for one second that she's you know, I mean, she's a lot of people I'm sure believe she's apologizing for her job and probably find it incredibly anti-semitic period. Yeah, I listen. I don't know Whoopi. Never met her. <laughs> Obviously, right. I I look at you know who she seems to have been friends with throughout her career, and I I don't get the sense Whoopi Goldberg's anti-Semitic. I think she said something that was wrong. I think she was trying to make a point that certainly didn't come out correctly. Um, and, you know, listen, she apologized for it. We move on, right? Right, right. Absolutely. And, and that's where the nuance, we talk about this all the time. It's like, you don't have to agree. I probably don't agree with eight out of 10 things Whoopi Goldberg says on The View. 
or I'm sure there's a lot of people. Sure. But that doesn't make her a bad person. That doesn't make her somebody you you need to troll and go after and get fired and canceled and all this stuff, right? That's that's we have to get I believe we have to get past all that. I like think we are, don't you think? I mean, I just think, I think the slowly, canceling I think it depends and I still think in the college oh well that <laughs> world they're very um but isn't that what college is about word. to some degree? I mean, liberal arts schools, no, I, see, Ivy I Leagues. Think I think in college is where, you know, you should embrace multiple opinions and you should be embrace. You should want to listen to other sides and, you know, you should want to, somebody makes a mistake, forgive them. And Oh, that's the workplace. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore, right? No, colleges colleges a most colleges are very uh liberal protected bubble. I mean, I think about when I went to Mount Holyoke, like a liberal arts school. I mean, it was kind of an idealistic, you know, four-year society, and then you get out in the real world, you're like, "Oh, well, yeah, I mean, of course you have to work with men." Like, what? I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's so, you know, it was like, "Okay, sure, all these women can like be empowered." And, you know, that's a good thing, but... It- well, do you remember? I mean, this is even going back way, way, way before Trump. But remember all the safe... Oh, you had to have safe spaces and this and that. And I saw a... Po- I actually saw a post the other day. I can't remember what school it was, university. And they had... If you're... if It was like a poster on campus. And it said, if you're offended or you feel threatened by any free speech events on campus... And then they listed all these numbers, call the dean, call this, call like, here's, you know, here's a therapist, here's, you know, police, call, you know, National Guard. And I, it was like, like, what? You're offended by f- any free speech events on campus? Well, speaking of free speech, I mean, what's your take on the Joe Rogan situation that's that kind of grew over the past week? You know, you have Neil Young, Joni Mitchell removing music um, from Spotify platform. And well, I, I am. And I think you know this about me. I can listen to anyone and make my for my own opinions about what they're saying and or who their guest their is guest and is what right. they're saying. Right. Uh, first of all, he's a podcaster. Okay. The fact that we're so worried about what a podcaster is saying or who they're interviewing, I think should raise some red flags. Now, having said that, he does have a platform of a hundred million people, give or take, right? Yeah. Monthly. Yeah. 11 million yeah, monthly, episode, yeah. downloads so per episode he, or so something. So I think once you reach that level, you do have some degree of responsibility on who your guests are, whether you present the other side of whatever controversial opinion they're espousing or, or, or what have you. Uh, you know, the two doctors that I really think, so he apologized. I mean, it was like a, a quasi apology, I think, right? He came out to listen, he needs to do better. If he has controversial people on, he needs to have somebody else to kind of counter that. He said, I only ask them questions, um, but I'll do better and, you know, whatever. Yeah, he, I think he apologized yeah. to Spotify, I guess, for, yeah. I don't know, being in the position. And, you know, he said he was a Neil Young fan and a Joni Mitchell fan. And But it's interesting to me how, you know, so he had two doctors on. I can't remember their names. Yeah. Um, 
Um, one's Malone and the other one. Now, you know, they're, they have high credentials. Um, you know, I think some of the things they were saying were just untrue from a scientific standpoint. Um, but, you know, he did say, it was interesting, in his apology or in his uh, video, you know, there, there are, um, you know, ideas about COVID that uh, if you said eight months ago, and I think one of the examples was, if you get vaccinated, you can still spread or get COVID. Mm-hmm. Because you would have been widely criticized, maybe even tried to be canceled eight months ago if right. you said that. Now, it's fact. CDC has said can't prevent the spread with a vaccine. So he was just given some of those examples. I think it was a lot about not a lot. Um, I do think we got to be careful. So this whole misinformation thing now, this word that everyone's using is kind of interesting, like where it came from. Okay. Um, you know, I think we got to be careful with just saying it's misinformation. So if you don't agree, I think it's now labeled as misinformation. There's true misinformation. It's not factual, proven wrong. Okay. But are we starting to now, like, it's interesting how everyone... And, and mainly the liberal press and pundits and so forth are using the word misinformation. It's like now that's the easy way to label things that you don't agree with as misinformation. So I think we got to be careful saying, oh, it's misinformation, right? Um, yeah, that's it. That's an interesting that's an interesting take. You know, Spotify has said they're going to put a kind of warning uh, or I guess, uh, PSA, if you will, before any COVID episodes, you know, kind of telling people basically these are, you know, sometimes these are opinions, um, you know, do your own. The problem too is, you know, science isn't, and um, and so there was, uh, my mind is, it's a little early. You're, it's real early for you, and I'm. It's six forty-three here. Nine forty-three, and I'm, and and my mind's wandering. The, the uh, doctor who's always on when her last name's when W E N. Okay. She's always on CNN and other places. Very respected positions on COVID, and even she said yesterday about the Joe Rogan thing. I saw the interview with her. Oh. She said, you know, yes, there's certain science that's okay. This is fact, right? whether it's natural immunity or whatever. Okay. But there's very smart doctors and scientists. You could interpret the science or the data differently and what it means. So her point was like, we got to be careful saying that it's truly misinformation, right? One doctor may look at a set of facts and charts and data from patients or studies and say, well, you know, I think this is the what this means, or I think this is the way we should go for. And you could get the complete opposite from another doctor. Right, right. Neither one may be wrong. They're looking at the same set of facts. Yeah. It's yeah. analysis. It's interpretation. It's, you know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's. You may go to, the, you may go to two different doctors for the exact same symptoms, and they may give you two different diagnoses, or they may give you two different ways to to. to go forward into, you know, in terms of medical treatment. So I think, you know, I think we got to be very careful just labeling things, misinformation, because again, there, there was a lot of misinformation on both sides of COVID. Sure. At the start, right. People were trying to figure it out. Right. Masks. 
Yeah. Honestly, right? Yeah. Uh, there's been things have evolved that, you know, eight months ago you would have been probably kicked off Twitter for. Now they're facts from the CDC. Yeah. So I think we got to be careful, especially in an evolving medical yeah. Yeah. Situation. Well, Spotify has stuck by him. Um, you know, he said on his podcast numerous times prior to this, I'm, I'm assuming it will still stick, is that they have they brought him on Spotify and they gave him no, you know, regulate like he can interview who he wants. And I mean, I'll say this, like the episodes that I've listened to of Joe and even the Alex Jones one, you know, like he really does sit there and try to fact check the guests. Yes, like he does. I, I think most think of the he criticism does a good job. are from people who really didn't even know who he was. Hadn't listened to many Don't episodes. Don't listen, right. Don't listen. He's done thousands of interviews. And he, by the way, these aren't 20-minute interviews or 12-minute. These people sit with him for three hours. Yeah. Two and, and a half. I, Some of his I, podcast interviews are three hours and 20 minutes. And they talk about all kinds of things. Personal lives. Yes. Opinions. How they formulated those opinions. Then he asked questions. And like. I mean, he was the host of Fear Factor. Let's relax here, people. Well, and, you know, he'll say, he's like, look, I never wanted, I, I didn't want attention. I didn't want this podcast to become what it's become. In fact, I mean, I've heard him even say on shows, like, I wish I was less famous. <laughs> like, I just, you know, I mean, he wants to have these kind of open, curious conversations, and he lets the audience in. And I think- And there's people who he's interviewed, and I think I've mentioned a few, like, who now I actually follow. Because I was intrigued about, sure, about them. their positions, about how their positions evolved, <clears throat> who they are, how they made it successfully. So, you know, I, I just... Well, I think Joe Rogan's podcast, Why People Are So Threatened, is, you know, I think you see people are craving, they're craving hearing different sides of it. And, you know, sometimes that is, you know, and I mean, even this, I've heard Joe many times, he doesn't believe in conspiracies. He's had a Harvard guy on who's anti-conspiracy and kind of breaks down how most of these conspiracies could never actually be true, you know. Right. I don't know. I feel like he I, I feel like what more do you want from a guy who isn't a journalist? Like, I feel like he tr- all the time says, look, I I'm, this is like what I'm trying to do. You know, it's it's pretty wild. And it's certainly not to the same degree. But some of the late night hosts who have somebody on, you know, and they do comedy or, or like the Colbert's and Kimmel, they don't always have their facts right. Now, granted, it's short snippets and it's disguised as comedy. Well, they so, don't have the audience, though. I mean, that's the don't you well, think? I mean, okay, but okay. So you're gonna you're gonna penalize the guy for having a hundred million users. I don't think people care about them? Colbert or Kimmel. I, you know, I don't no, think they care okay. in the way that Joe. I mean, don't you feel like Joe has a momentum that I think a lot of people find threatening? Because you know, I don't think See, anybody. I, I look at what Joe Rogan does <clears throat> completely different from when the present, you know, President Trump, let's say said crazy, unfact-based right, right, things. Right. He's the president of the United States. Joe Rogan's a podcaster. Right. Right? Yeah, okay, he's got a huge platform. Okay. So so uh, Taylor Swift has 100 million followers. Or, or you know, you know, I don't know. She, if she launched a podcast, she'd probably get as much heat and attention as, as Joe Rogan. I just think, I think... Uh, uh, People. I, I just think it's, you know, I think it it got blown up because I, 
this might be a terrible take, but I think if his positions were on the opposite side, even if they were questionably accurate, no one would be saying anything. Oh, that'd be interesting. Okay. Um, I don't want to say no one, but it, it certainly wouldn't even be close to the issue it is. We, we have tons I of- also think, I'll say this, last thing on Joe Rogan. I think it frustrates many in the media, pundits, and right. so forth. His audience is larger than most cable networks. That's what I'm. That's my point. Yeah, that's so. I that's think it, it frustrates them that yes, and I think it, it almost to the degree it frustrated many in the media that Trump had direct access to so many people. And now, Grant, he's the president. He can't be given misinformation, right? Totally. I'm not comparing the level of concern. I'm just saying. The world has changed in, in, with the podcasting, with Twitter and other means, Facebook and others. You know, this information, they don't need that pass through anymore, right? Which, which I think concerns a lot of people. And yeah. It, it, frankly, yeah. it should concern depending on what the information is. I, I think you nailed it. <clears throat> uh, we have a lot to get to, so I want to move on because I want your opinion. So how do you feel, you know, obviously we're going to have a new Stephen Breyer stepping down. Um, yes. You know, uh, uh, President Biden said he's going to make good on that promise. First black uh, female Supreme yep. Court justice. So what do you think? I mean, I think that's a great move by Breyer uh, because, you know, unfortunately, Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't do it. Right. And, um, you know, we ended up with a more conservative so sure leaning. Breyer was talked into this. I don't know that. Maybe he was ready to retire. Maybe he wasn't. OK, <clears throat> I, I think it's going to be fantastic that the first black female will be on the court i don't like him saying it like that like he did uh although reagan did say you know they're comparing it to reagan when he said i'm gonna nominate the first female which he did um i i just don't think joe biden had to say that i certainly think he should do it but you know clearly cast the widest net and then make that decision. You know, now I looked at the list of the top five or six names, right? And who knows, another name could show up. But there's there's a consensus who the top three to five names are. All extremely accomplished, very smart, you know, all the pedigree you're looking for, the upbringing and all that, you know. So I don't think there's going to be any question that he's going to nominate a very qualified justice but are there some who will put an asterisk next to this person only because joe biden said i'm going to nominate a black female and i'm not looking at anyone else but i do think the 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 qualifications of the names on the list once this person's nominated whomever she is i think that'll go away yeah, absolutely. And I, think and I think she'll be confirmed, I, my guess is, with 55 total votes, which is a shame, by the way, because, you know, if you go back, you, know, you used to get 80, 90 votes. Yeah, Even I think— Kagan and Sotomayor were in the 60s or, you know, high 60s, low 70s, I believe. Really was Gorsuch. Well, actually, it was uh, McConnell not putting up Garland at all which I think set in motion the, 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 the 
partisanship on the Supreme Court, which shouldn't be. You know, the job of the Senate is to advise and consent. Okay, the president gets to nominate whom he or she wants. As long as they meet the qualifications, there's no radical, you know, opinion, you know, positions. They're not, you know, compromised by gambling debts or some other thing in their lives. The Senate should confirm them. The president gets that right. Yeah. Whether that's Biden or Trump or Bush or Obama. Sorry. Right. This, this, you know, the fact that you only get 52 people to vote for a candidate or nominee, I should say, not a candidate, it's it's just wrong. And it's, it's, it's not where we should be. It's not where the Senate should be. And it's both sides. Like Gorsuch, highly accomplished, tremendous credentials. Gorsuch should have received 90 votes based on who he was. Just like, you know, maybe this person, uh, you know, again, I don't know who he's going to nominate, should get. Yeah, we'll see how many she gets. Yeah, or, or how. I, I'm thinking Collins, Romney, maybe one other. So I think it's going to be like 53. I don't think Kamala God, uh, is going to have to break the tie. I think, I think Graham will vote for her. Graham came out yesterday very supportive of like Joe Biden saying I'm going to nominate a black female. And he said he compared it to Reagan. So I, I think, I think it's going to be Jackson. Um, she's on the district uh, court. Yeah, right. Um, she actually is related by marriage to Paul Ryan, the former uh, Speaker of the House. Okay. He introduced her, and I apologize, I don't remember her first name off the top of my head. I think it's Sheila Jackson, but that may not be right. Um, so uh, he actually said. Not only is she, she maybe the smartest person he knows, she has like the um, unbelievable character, uh, impeccable character, I think is his exact word. So, uh, you know, here's a Republican, former House of Speaker, former vice presidential candidate who vouches um, for this this uh, uh, potential nominee. So uh, if it's her, I think goes through. I think Clyburn out of South Carolina, he is kind of, it seems like based on what he's saying, he likes uh, a woman by her last name's Childs. Okay. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see all the, you know, and so so President Biden said he's going to nominate good... somebody by the end of February and, you know. her I, Judge Jackson, I don't think her name is Sheila, the first name, but. Yeah, it's not. I, that, Sheila Jackson, I think, is a congresswoman. I, yes, I, yes. That's stuck in my head for some reason. Um, I want it because, you know, obviously we have sports to talk about, Super Bowl coming up in uh, two weeks. So, but. Let's talk masks because yes. it's, again, tide seems to be changing. Obviously, here in L.A., you know, you have Governor Newsom getting a lot of heat at the, As he should. At the game. He's, he's completely full of you-know-what. Excuse he me. At, he came out and said, oh, I only took it off for photo yeah, ops. He's full of crap. I was there's holding other it. video of him. There's video of him <laughs> sitting there laughing. You know, listen, they're all hypocrites, both sides, Republicans, Democrats. On the COVID issue, it's mostly Democrats. Hey, you're preaching. The I agree. The, the blue liberal states and counties have failed kids, continue to apply one-size-fits-all COVID mitigation. You know, there, there's experts after experts after experts saying we got to get the nuanced mitigation. 
two, three, five-year-old kids should not be in mass anymore. If the, if you want to, if the teachers want to be in mass, mass the teachers. It's amazing to me how you could have a hundred thousand people in and around SoFi Stadium. You could have the governor, the the L.A. mayor, the San Francisco mayor, hobnobbing, no mask, taking pictures, right? And then the next day, forcing a three-year-old in daycare to be masked. It's insane. It's it's you know it's it's not criminal in the sense of legally criminal, but it's criminal. It's shameful. It's embarrassing, and the fact that those areas are still allowing it to happen. This Montgomery County, same way here. Enough is enough. The Montgomery County Council continues to embarrass themselves here. Prince George's County, same. I don't understand what the D.C. mayor is doing at all with the vaccine passports. I think she's making a catastrophic mistake. Um, there is the tip. I do think you're right. I think we're so George Mason University. In Virginia yeah, very no good. More vac, no more vaccine mandates, optional masking. Baltimore County, which was very, you know, relatively strict all along. No more masking, uh, masking optional. Um, you know, everyone's rolling back the vaccine mandates because, again, whether you're vaccinated or not, you can still spread it. It's interesting here in L.A., too. You know, I will say they, they claim that they want to see your vaccine passport. You know, we've been to a couple of locations and it's interesting. They never ask. It's so, theater. I've been saying this theater. for months. It's theater. It, oh, and I, you and know, the I know, other thing yeah. is, you know, I'll have people yell at me, well, masks work. Well, OK, number one, debatable. Two. If they do work, they certainly don't work the way we're using them as adults. You go into – I went to a restaurant Saturday night. Restaurant was probably 20 by 20 room, small room, five, six, ten tables. Bar right there. So you walk in. You're in this little you know, entry area. Oh, I got my mask on. And there's people right at the bar in front of me. I could touch them. No mask. People literally at a table. Again, I could reach out and touch the table. No mask. I go to sit at the bar. My mask comes off. <laughs> right? I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It's complete theater. The only ones who are still burdened are the kids. And people are like, oh, you don't have kids. You know, you know. People troll me on, on you know, on, on. It's not about being a Karen or being, or, 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 the fact that I have kids. I, you know, I listen to people. Three, four, five-year-olds should not be masked right now. They're at low risk. Vaccines don't stop the spread. And by the way, a teacher, if you want to wear a mask, or make the teacher's mandatory mask. Right. One-way masking works. Right. Right. No, and I think you retweeted it in Massachusetts. It sounds like, and it yeah, sounds Massachusetts. like, um, you know, they're another be- liberal state. They're going to begin to lift masks yep. for kids. And where is is it Massachusetts or is it nationwide that now six hundred and something um, doctors have basically? Oh, it's, it's 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 a it's a group called Return to Normalcy, I believe, or okay. something like that. Six hundred doctors, and then I had somebody say, "Oh, it's only six hundred doctors." Oh, but when it was like, you know. 500 doctors think you should wear masks, then, oh, that's a big deal. So it's just a, the whole thing is a joke. No one's really following the data, updated science on Omicron. Now, if another variant comes out where 
vaccines prevent the spread or it's more dangerous to children, well, then you'll have to adjust. But what Montgomery County is doing right now, so it was 85% we're going to reduce it. Then they blamed Omicron. Now they're at 90%. And they're, now it's February 21st. It's a joke, but it's a complete theater. Anything else you want to say about vaccines? Um, because I did want to ask you, you know, um, I, I'm, I think I'm not sure if it was the DA that came out basically against Mayor Bowser or basically said, look, we, there's been a lot of allegations. The, call, the uh, attorney wanna, general, Carl Racine. Carl Racine. Thank uh, you. The attorney Carl general. Racine. Yeah. So, so is there they, anything else we want to talk about vaccine before we move on to that and also sports? No, I just think they're having it. You know, Mayor Bowser came out kind of blaming the prosecution's side of things in, in terms of uh, why crime is you know, is up. Right. Up. Basically, she's and trying to. He yeah. came out and listed a whole bunch of things why she's wrong and she should get her facts straight. So there's a clear battle going on. I, you, you know me over, over the last <clears throat> mayor Bowser has been in what seven and a half years now. And I've been up and you know, when she's done things well, I've been supportive and, you know, I, I don't know what she's doing over the last two months. She mm-hmm. seems all over the place. Honestly, she was, you know, she, she was following the science. She got, you know, she made mass optional and, you know, until it reaches and then Omicron. Okay. So then she returned the mass, even though we could debate now vaccine passports. And then it's just, it's just, anyway, I just, I just think she's, she's kind of, well, I mean, it was interesting to see Carl Racine come, come out against her. I mean, he said, you know, everyone has a role to play in keeping our city safe. Uh, we saw the lack of leadership over the summer when Mayor Bowser inaccurately blamed the courts for crime increases, yeah. which the courts, in an unprecedented statement, so rightly courts, pushed back. She blamed back. the attorney general, but nothing about she's. But you know, let's not forget she's been the mayor for almost seven and a half, almost eight years. Right. How right. about you look inward a little bit too, right? Well, it'll be interesting to see what Listen, happens. She's yet. running for re-election for a third term. It'll be interesting to see. You're yeah. Have crime, COVID. Economics, yeah, you know, can someone beat her? I don't know, but um, it'll be interesting. Um, all right, let's talk sports. Obviously, we know who's going to be in, um, you know, the Super Bowl. But also, how did you feel about, um, you know, I guess Tom Brady didn't really announce his his yeah, retirement. So actually, it's funny as as we are talking right now, breaking news again for the second time. <laughs> It looks like it is official. Seven-time Super Bowl champ Tom Brady retiring after 22 seasons. Okay. So, uh, listen, I think he is retiring. I think ESPN got the story before. Certainly Tom Brady wanted it out. Yeah. I think that was probably frustrating. Uh, There's some rumors. I don't know if you know. uh, He's had a series on ESPN Plus called Man in the Arena. They're... Each year is representative of the year he went to the Super Bowl. Okay. And very well done, very well produced. He talks, and then they'll have like an, another player, or Giselle was on some of, you know, one or two of the episodes. Um, talks about the ups and downs and all this other stuff. Very, very well done. And so there's the 10th episode, which would be the Tampa Bay year last year when uh-huh. they won the Super Bowl. Okay. Has not been released yet. Okay. I think we're maybe waiting to see how this year, you know, finalize, or maybe they just didn't have a chance to tie it up from an editing standpoint or whatever. Okay. But there, 
they're saying it would it was coming out in March or April. There's rumors that he was going to announce his retirement in the tenth <clears throat> episode of Man in the Arena. And because it's tied to ESPN, they're saying somebody may have leaked it to Adam Schefter, who broke the story. Again, that's all speculation, all rumor, okay. whatever. But uh, it does look like he's retiring. Um, you know, obviously, you know, greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. No debate about that, except if you're Joe DiCipio, our friend Joe DiCipio, who's a wow. complete moron on the subject, by the way. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't like Brady. And by the way, he's a Bronco fan, so... Oh. Just take that. Are we an Eli part. Manning? All right. So are we like. Oh, no, uh, John Elway. Oh, please. The guys, two and three in Super Bowls. John. Lost his first three. Uh, anyway, greatest of all time. Holds all the records. And by the way, if you watch Man in the Arena, you even get more respect, I think, and admiration for Brady and what he's accomplished up to the point of being 44 years old. And by the way, I was. I'm a Raider fan. I, you know. Yeah, he's a I class just, act. I mean, he's and you know what I've noticed in I, you know, and again, it, the Brady people produced it, but even outside the man in the arena, it seems like all the players who've played with him, at coach, they respect him. They go up to him. They they want like that to me. That I like no one's distanced themselves from him. Right. Like they they I so that to me is a real is real telling of how I think influential he has been not only to his teammates, but to the league um, and, 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 and so on. So anyway, uh, I think we got a good Super Bowl. Okay. I hope. Are you? Yes. Very what excited. are you thinking? Cincinnati beat Kansas city, uh, both <laughs> a, I won money on it and oh. B I did not want Kansas city for a third year in a row. Uh, that was an incredible game, an incredible comeback. I, what are your I, predictions? I, Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I Listen, I really want Cincinnati. Really, really want Cincinnati. <clears throat> I do think the Rams' defensive line, um, and again, I had somebody you know, who knows football well, him and I were talking about this, and it's not the best matchup for Cincinnati in terms of the Rams' defensive line okay. is – so tough. Okay. Aaron Donald and others and the Cincinnati offensive line has had a tough year. They give up a lot of sacks. Burrow, I believe, has he was sacked nine times. Not the last playoff game, but the one before that by Tennessee. So I think that's going to determine the winner. If the Cincinnati offensive line can play really well, and or they could come up with plays and schemes where Burrow could dump the ball off, play action, slow the defensive line down, then I think Cincinnati has a chance. If not, I think the Rams could win by 10. Ooh, okay. I gave you a little too much there probably from an analysis standpoint. but um, <laughs> Oh, it's that, all good. Um, okay. What, oh, any- by the way, Joe Burrow, Storm in the making – I, I actually am happy for Stafford, who was stuck on the Lions for all those years. Aaron Donald, who eight-time straight, I believe, Pro Bowl, probably the best defensive lineman in the game, top five maybe ever. Um, My husband feel, says yeah. this is the closest Detroit is going to come to getting a Super Bowl, so he's, <laughs> he's very excited. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> he's, that's right. He's a Michigander, right? Yeah, he's from outside Detroit, so he yeah. says this is as close as it's going to get, so... Yeah. Uh, he's the Rams. He's rooting for the Rams, I believe. So I think Cincinnati. 
hopefully, but I believe Rams win by 10. All right, sounds good. Patrick, what else are you up to this week? Anything we need to be looking forward to? What's going no, on? Just, um, so, you know, our friend, um, did you see the Portnoy uh, tweet about Valentine's Day? It was kind of funny. No. He's like, he? all right, he goes, we got to figure the fact that men <clears throat> have to think about what to do for Valentine's Day, which is the day after the Super Bowl, is un-American. Oh, it's kind oh. of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's because no man, point. no man, no money's going to be thinking about Valentine's Day on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> That'll be my husband. Plus, you're going to be okay. hungover. Yeah. yeah, you may have lost some money. Yeah, that's so it, do that's your Valentine's funny. Day on Saturday, which would be the 12th, <laughs> right? And then, yeah, then move on. I love it. That's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Patrick, where can people follow you? Patrick GM Fox Five DC. Done. We'll be back next week. All right, Sarah. Enjoy the. Uh, craziness in LA. Look, I'm loving it. 72 degrees every day and sunny. You can keep that snow, that snowstorm. I I didn't miss Virginia one minute when that was happening. I don't, I don't miss any. Oh my God. Do you know how great it is to go outside and not have to like shovel and put boots on and layers? It's a beautiful thing. I love LA. It's where it's the sunshine tax, baby. It's probably the only thing they have going for them, but the weather (laughs) is a good thing. The weather is a good thing. All right, Patrick. It makes people forget a lot of what's wrong. It does. It it truly, truly does. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sarah. Bye. Bye. See you, Patrick.